Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in, I'm in Galatians chapter number 4. And if I'm in 4, you probably know what verse I'm going to use. And I pray this will be a blessing to you. Galatians 4 and, 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 and verse number 4 and 5. I hear pages turning. When you find that, shout amen. I think most of you have found it. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, Made of a woman, made under the law. That's what I'm preaching on today. Under the law. To redeem them that were under the law. That we might receive the adoption of sons. Father, I love you. I thank you for the morning, the sweet spirit we felt in our soul. God, the songs, the testimony, the anointing of Sister Waverlane. We felt a touch of God in that. We thank you that the sun's shining and we're in a good, warm place. This is a day that you've made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. I pray, God, that you fill my tongue, or guard my tongue and fill my mouth. Help me, God, to stand and preach with fervency and fire the very word of Almighty God. I love you, Lord, and I'm dependent on you. I have, I have no abilities in myself. I'm wholly dependent on you, Lord. Save someone. Someone's unsure of their salvation this morning. Help them nail it down. God, someone never been saved. They know they've not saved. They may have made false profession. They may be a good moral person, a church attender. I pray, God, today they see themselves before God and call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. We pray that you'd do your work through your preacher one more time, Lord. One of these days I'm coming to the house. And I praise you for all that's accomplished. Ask it in the king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I'm not going to preach about the Galatians. I'm, I, I'm not going to take this out of context. I'm just, as Brother uh, Dr. Thigpen would have said a hundred, long time ago, this is a textual message, and I'm going to examine the words of this text. But I'm very interested. I'm glad that when the fullness of the time had come, Understanding the time period in which Paul's written this and the gospel's about to go out. Everything in the world had come to a point to where the gospel could go out. Rome had the world pretty much under its thumb. Now there's some, there's some little uh, uh, groups of, uh, of, of terrorists or, or uh, those guerrilla warfare people out here in, in little wings. But for the most part, Rome had their thumb on them. So Rome had it in a time of peace. Rome also had made roads all over uh, Europe and, and, and uh, surrounding countries. Uh, so it was possible for travel. Everything that needed to be in place in order for the gospel to go out was in place at this particular time. So when the fullness of the time had come, everything had to be in order. Can I tell you, it's the same today. 
God's not nervous about what's going on. He's not concerned about little Putin or anybody else. Listen, in the eyes of God, they're just pawns on the chessboard of life. And he moves them where he will. And there it is, and they're being moved. And the fullness of the time will come. I agree with Brother Gordon. I think we're close. Here we are. And the fullness of the time will come. God sent forth his son. It was time for Jesus to be born. Though he was slain from the foundation of the world, the king of glory had to become flesh. I mean, he put on the same thing you're wearing today and came and felt the infirmities that you feel today. He knows your hurt, your brokenness. Why You don't understand the things. He understands them all. And there he is. And this time had come. It was time for the Christ to be born. What I had never considered. As Brother Gary said this in his message. Made of a woman. Now we know that goes back to Genesis 3.15. We understand that it's the seed of the woman, Brother Barry. It had to be of the woman, not of the man, understanding. This holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Why? Because he was was conceived of the Holy Ghost. But he was made under the law. That means the requirements, Brother Brantz, that was upon every Jew that had been born. Let me go further than that. Let me go further than that. For every man and woman born on this earth. Say, well, he gave the law to the Jews. No, first he gave the law to Adam. The first law was given to Adam. You can look it up. Genesis 2 about to verse 15 or 16 and 17. He said, and the Lord God commanded the man saying that of the trees, of all the trees of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. One law in all the globe for one man. And this is why I'm a free will Baptist. You got a choice. You got a choice. If I lived, if I'm wrong, I'll have to see, when I see heaven, I'll say I was wrong. But I'm going to tell you, I find too many places in this writ where he's a choice is given. He said, do this and everything's all right. But the day you break that, I'll kill you. You're going to die. I'm not going to kill you immediately. He didn't know that. Think of this. He didn't know what death was. He's never seen death. So maybe because he hasn't seen that, it didn't seem so bad. What, Jimmy? No fear. Thank you. He'll preach my message if I just lean that way. No fear. So here we have Adam. Has everything he needs. God's giving him the wife. He's got one law. Now at this time, there is no Hebrew. None. That's going to come later on by a guy named Abraham. So this is, say what you want to, this is mankind. Couldn't qualify as a Gentile. Couldn't qualify as a Jew. This is 
mankind. He's the representative man of all of the, everyone in this room today. You still with me? Jason, here we have him. One rule, one, rule, one law, and he breaks the law. Just one. Now, I know what a lot of people think. I'd have never done that. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. You're made out of the same mud he was made out of. So the first law is broken under the law. Stay with me. Under the law. The first law is broken. Now, I want to start. This is what's come to my mind. The failure of man to keep the law of God. Adam wasn't the only failure. Adam, Adam wasn't the only failure. This thing continued on. And I, I'm going to go somewhere here. In about 2,000 years of it, and it gets real bad. Now, don't nail me down to 100-year spans here. We're going on thousands today for, this to, for you to get this. 2,000, two here we have 2,000 years, it gets so bad that God said, hey, the intents of man's heart's evil continually. All they thinking about is evil stuff. I'm going to wipe them out. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Aren't you glad for grace today? But through all this time, everybody else is breaking the laws of God. And I know what you're thinking, or I, maybe I don't, but I'm going to share something with you. Because the natural man, so, so uh, let me go somewhere right here. Because... Even though the Mosaic law is going to be given to the Hebrew. But it's going to establish the law that God's going to judge everybody by. I got a little quiet right there. So everybody, everyone, good, bad, big or ugly, it don't matter. Everybody is going to be judged by the law of God. So I don't like that. Too bad. God's the one that gave you the life that you have. God's the one that's qualified to take it away. It's his. Bubba, do you do what you want with your beagles? Do you even have beagles anymore? Do you do what you want with them? You know why? They belong to Bubba. They're his. Same way with God. He said in Ezekiel 18, he said, all souls are mine. Get that. All souls are mine. So he gives the Mosaic law. But people's broken the law of God 2,000 years before, before this ever comes. I mean, Moses not even heard of. But God knew who he's going to call. So with that being said, let me go down there the road. This is why notes are better sometimes. So, when God establishes the Mosaic law and gives it, Brother Dennis, to the Hebrew, okay? Everybody's with me now. So God gives it to them, and he gives them. The, I didn't know this till yesterday. Wait, I'm reading in some a dictionary, some book, and it said this, that the Hebrew, Randy, calls this the ten words referring to the commandments. I've never heard that in my life. Now, it may have been in that theology book you get. I don't know where I read. Somewhere I read that yesterday. It's referred to as the ten words, but we call them the ten commandments. So we're, we, see, we see the first law broken, this one. 
But now, how about 10 laws? How about 10 laws given? 10 words. And thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now I know somebody's going to step on your glasses right there, Dad. Summer, got, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I think America's in trouble right there. I think America's in trouble. It's not coincidence that the Super Bowl <laughs> is on Sundays. Super Bowl Sunday. And I know what some of them say. Yeah, but it's Sunday. Look, you bunch of people, bunch of Protestants, uh, uh, got it from the Catholics, and it's Sunday law. No, it's Sunday's resurrection day, praise God. Here we have this. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt make in thyself any graven image. Don't make no graven images. Uh, I've seen them. I've seen some football team had won the other day, and there's a kiss in that trophy like it was their grandma. I thought, son, that thing can't do it. Not one thing for you. I tell you what, the only thing it can do for you is give you an object to be prideful about. And what's the number one thing God hates? Pride's the original sin. Got the devil kicked out of heaven. Have no other gods before. Not making thee any graven image. Thou shalt not. Listen, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now I'm going to go somewhere right here. Jesus is the Sabbath. I rest in him. And if you don't have that, if you're still trying to keep that, then you need to read Hebrews. And read it till you understand it. Keep the Sabbath. Honor thy father and mother and make thy days long upon the earth. Isn't that good? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Are we still there? Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I mean, talk about somebody when you don't know what the truth is, but you think you know. And thou shalt not covet. Boy told me, he said, there's nothing wrong with gambling. I said, there's not. You can't show me one word in the Bible that says there's something wrong with gambling. I said, thou shalt not covet. He said, well, well. You ever failed in any of those? You ever put anything above God? You ever put him second and chose the thing that was shiny and pretty and on the shelf? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll put ourselves in that spot. Maybe we made something that we think more of than him. Maybe we built that cabin or that, we got that new bass boat. I'll pick on that because I got one of them. It's not new, but I have one. Maybe that thing means more to us than him. That's a graven image, that image, that thing that we've made. Hey, listen, maybe we've taken the name of him in vain. Now, I, it doesn't say, a lot of people refer that to cursing. It don't say doesn't say that. It said you took my name. My daddy used to say this and I'd go spend the night with somebody and we didn't get to do it much but most people had televisions and we had one channel and that was part time. So I was always glad to go to somebody else's house. Hey, spend the night, get some kind of different grub other than a bean and potatoes and, and experience a little life and went to their house. But before I leave, he'd say, you act like somebody. 
Remember who you are. You act like somebody. Don't take my name and act like everything else. Listen, don't take it in vain. If you're mine, you be mine. Have we done that? Have we rested in Christ as our Sabbath? Have we honored our father and mother? I mean, all the days of our life. I mean, I, I, I was, I, there was a guy crawled me out here in the hallway one day because of something his son had done or the child he was rearing. He crawled me about it. I said, hold on just a minute. I said, don't you look me right in the eyeball and tell me when you was 18 years old, you've done everything your daddy and mama told you to do. Well, 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 I said, shut up. Aren't you glad for grace? Praise God. But look here, we've been, everybody in this room's been in that place where we wasn't at the top of the game, where we didn't honor them like we should. And adultery is a, is a thing in American culture that's expected. Hey, look here. Uh, killing and stealing, that's just part of the game anymore. And when someone, and, and if someone comes down the road, look here, if someone said something or does something or, or they're in the wrong lane of traffic, we got to be careful about what we say. I've told this here before, but it's come to my mind. It's just how I preached. Dr. Thigpen said, gentlemen, he said, you need to be careful in what you say before the Lord. He said, I was on my way to the hospital and I was running a little late. And he said, I've, this man pulled right out in front of me and bowed up and nearly stopped. I nearly was hit. It was just, it was terrible. And then I couldn't get around him and I was going to be late. And I said, you idiot. He said, the Lord checked me. He said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. You and I know, both know he's an idiot, but I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> saying things, saying things. Look here. wanting what they got I think I read where he said be ye content with such things as you have I read this somewhere where the guy said the guy said the fellow was tithing he was tithing to the Lord and said he was tithing to the Lord and he said he got a big raise and he's still tithing. He got another raise. Said he come to the preacher and said, now preacher. He said, when I'm just making $100, 10 wasn't too bad. He said, I'm just making a whole lot more money than that. Now, uh, 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 do you think I'm supposed to keep it going up? He said, why do you think you went up? Some don't have because God can't trust you with you got now. When he can trust you with what you've got now, maybe he'll increase you that you might increase someone else. Thou shalt not covet. 
So we see, look here, all the guys, all the people through all the ages, after the law was given by Moses, we see this, look, they're no different than we are. The first one's broke by Adam, and then there's a failure of mankind to not break or to keep the law of God. And you know what that happen, What happens in that? When that happens, you know what we are? First, we're under the curse. We're under the curse. You're living in a cursed world right now. The ground is cursed for man's sake. And it's thorns and thistles and it's difficult to make a living. And things, things, things come hard against us. And we're wondering why I'm under this place. What am I in right here? But it's just not to curse, Jenny. Here's the thing. Because of the law, the unsaved are under the condemnation of God. Now that don't sound bad until you find, stand before the judge and he says, guilty. And you're saying, yeah, but Lord, uh, I, 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 uh, guilty. So I'm watching this guy preach the other day on some, on some website and and he starts off like this, and it kind of, kind of disturbed me. He said, I don't, I don't believe anymore in giving an invitation and asking people to come forward. I thought, well, now, hold on here, bud. I believe in giving an opportunity. D.L. Moody is pretty much the father of that. It was birthed through him, mainly. He done it so much that it caught on with everybody else. In Spurgeon's church, they used to ask you to stand up. And if you stood up and wanted to be, become a Christian, somebody would go to you in the tabernacle and take you off to the side and lead you to the Lord. But he said he was in a church where if they'd beg them to come forward, they'd come forward, they'd take them in a the room, said they'd have them back there too, no more than five minutes and bring them out and have a card and hand it to the pastor so he could wave the card and say, hey, look here, we got another one. There's a little more to it than that. So I started giving him my ear a little more. Because it's godly sorrow that worketh repentance unto salvation. Until we, not, we get broken over sin, we're never going to be saved. And how do we know we're sinners? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Being under that law and finding out that we're guilty before Almighty God is the very thing that brings conviction to our soul. And the only way we'll believe that is when the Holy Ghost shows up and says, He's talking to you. Guilty. Guilty before Almighty God. I got caught going a little too fast on the road one day. I'd followed a guy for, 30, for about five or 10 miles running 35 miles an hour. Don't do that. If you can't drive faster than that, hire you, call Uber. Get somebody else to drive you, do something, quit driving. Say, I can't see. Call somebody, come get you. So when I got a chance, I was on my way to revival and dressed just like this. And I whipped out, Rob, I hammered down. 
I'm out there in the left lane. I jump back over the right lane. And there's a truck coming in behind the truck, some fella in a car that's got some lights on top of it. Now, I wasn't going to run this fast all the time. I just hadn't got slowed down from where I passed him because I passed him pretty fast. And he pulled me and another guy. He got two of us. He ran out in the road and flagged the other guy down. I'm going, man, this guy's wanting to write a ticket. He wrote me one. I said, thank you. I didn't really mean it. I lied right there. I had to ask the Lord to help me. Jumped, took off right down there to the, where I was going to preach that night. It's hard to be in the spirit. It was hard to be in the right spirit. I come back home. I get this. I got this letter, and, and you know, so a court date. I should have wrote him a check and put it in the mail. So I go. I show up at court. I'm going to court. Some guy said, he said, if you'll just go ask for driving school, and plead guilty, he said they'll they'll won't even put that on your record. I said, really? He said, oh yeah. I said, I won't have to pay the ticket. No, you won't have to pay the ticket. I'm waiting in line. These people, I never heard so many excuses in my life. Grandma was sick. I was on my way to the hospital. I had a belly ache. I mean, I never heard so much stuff. I got up there and the judge said, hey, you please? I said, I'm guilty. I won't drive in school. He said, well, step over there and see the girl. I said, whoa. She got done. She said, that'll be $168. I said, for what? He just dismissed the ticket. She said, driving school. <laughs> I should have paid the very, the ticket was a lot less than that. Should have just paid the ticket. Why? I was guilty. And when you stand before God, there's not going to be a driving school. And if you say not guilty and you don't know him as Christ and Savior, he's going to look you right in the eye and say guilty. Under the condemnation and wrath of God, you are guilty. Therefore, you cannot enter in. Everybody thinks they're going to heaven. No, they're not. Jesus said few there be that find it. I know this isn't popular preaching, but I'm not in a... I'm not in a popularity contest. And all of us would have to say, yay, we've been guilty of that. They've been that time that we've been guilty. Let me give you a verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what that does? Puts us all in the same basket, brother. Puts us all in the same basket. So if I'm here today and I'm saying, Adam broke the first, first law given to Adam, he broke it. Failure of mankind to keep the laws of God. Couldn't keep the commandments. Oh, but he sent forth his son. Made of a woman, made under the law. In other words, Brother Gordon, the thing I couldn't keep, he kept. Every sacrifice... Every word, every oracle, every honoring the mother and father, every single...
single thing, no wicked thoughts, no adultery, never stolen, didn't covet anything, never spoke a bad word about nobody. Listen, what I couldn't do, he done. Ain't that good? And here's the best part yet. Let me read you this verse. This would make a Presbyterian shout. Listen to this. Praise God. For Christ is the end of the law. You want to miss the judgment? You want to miss the condemnation? You want to miss the trouble? You want to miss the judgment? I'm going to tell you, I knew I was going to plead guilty, Wade, and I was still nervous. I don't know why I was nervous. That judge sitting up there behind that big thing, and I'm telling you, I could have pulled that little fellow out and I thumped him on my worst day. But I was so nervous. When I stepped up there, he said, how do you plead? I went, guilty on school. Can you imagine before the awesome, almighty God of heaven, the very Christ who made his way through this, who fulfilled this law. He said, I'm not coming to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled this law. Hey, and Christ is the end of the law under righteousness to everyone that believeth. Do you believe today? Have you took what you got and put it in his hands? I heard Mike Curley tell us in a testimony I was listening to tape. Brother Mike pastors Cornerstone Baptist Church. Most of you know him. Mike said this in testimony. He said, the preacher was preaching one day and I got under conviction real bad. Now he saved his pastor in the church when this happened. He said, I had my keys hooked to my belt loop on the side. He said, I just had a wad of keys. He said, them keys represented everything I had. And he said, at invitation time, I unhooked them. And I come and I laid them on the altar. And I said, God, everything I got's yours. I don't have one thing that's not yours. You do with it as you see fit. And I'll praise you for it until I see them. Listen, friend, that's what he's asking about today. That's what he's asking the lost person to do. God, I'm going to commit myself unto you. I'm going to give myself unto you. I'm a sinner. Gordon used this verse in Sunday school. The old Pharisee was standing there saying, I'm better than this guy. I fast. I give tithes. And the the old publican standing beside him and smote his breast and said, God, be merciful. He wouldn't so much his lift up his head. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm a sinner. Just be merciful to me, God. And he said he went down to his house justified. Hey, that's what God's looking for. Is that broken thing? I told the story here one time. Christine said, Sister Christine said, I didn't know where you was going with that. And said, I wasn't agreeing with you until you closed it out. So don't cut me off too quick. Old preacher's preaching revival service. Young girl standing in the back. He could tell she was under conviction. I don't know how God shows us that, but he does. First time he showed it to me was over in old sanctuary. I thought I was losing my mind or my eye vision. Seemed like everybody disappeared but this one guy. I can't even explain. He was in that place. He's preaching. This girl standing 
back there, everybody standing there singing the song. I still believe in coming forward. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Part of it's you deny me before me and I'll deny you before my Father which is in heaven. He went back to the girl and said, would you like to be saved? She said, I would. He said, come forward. She said, I can't come forward. He said, you won't come forward and be saved? She said, no, I can't do it. He come back to the podium. Said the next night, the little girl's about in the same place and the same convictions on her. And he went back to her again. And he said, would you be, wouldn't you like to be saved tonight? She said, yeah. He said, well, come forward and be saved. She said, can I be saved right here? He said, no. She said, I can't. He said, no, you can't. She said, I can't come forward. Third night in a row, I don't know why God works in threes. I guess one for the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, all I can figure. Third night, same girl in a different spot. He goes back to her. He said, would you like to be saved tonight? She's just weeping. She said, yeah. She said, said, I'll go forward, I'll go outside, I'll go down the street, wherever you tell me I need to go, I'll go if I can just be saved. He said, you can be saved right here. See, it's not, listen, it's not the position or the place of the body, it's the condition of the heart. When you get the heart, when the conviction comes and you're broken over your sin and you're fearful of standing before God and you know you're not right with God and you do anything necessary to make sure when you stand before the judge and he said, how do you plead? And you say guilty that somebody stands up on your behalf and said, no, he's not. (laughs) I paid his price. He's not guilty. Who would that be? That would be Jesus. If you don't know that today, you ought to know it before this day's over. Bernie, Bernie, come. You ought to know that. Before this day's over, I've begged God for people to be saved this year in this place. I've said, God, save them. Just save them. Save them. We've got everything in this church that it's necessary. We got kids. We got young people. We got old people. We got all in between people. We got a great facility to worship in where the Spirit of God is. There's liberty. We got liberty here. The Spirit of the Lord is. Liberty's when Carl stood up and interrupted the service and said, We need prayer. He had liberty to do that. Why? That's where the Spirit of God is, where we know that's happening. And we know that. And we've got everything but the thing we're missing, Jimmy. The thing we're missing is souls. We need people saved. I've asked God to straighten me out. That we'd be so convicted that we had to know. We had to know. Listen. Why they're not being saved, Lord? If you're here today and you're unsaved, play me something, Bernie. Stand to your feet, bow your heads, would you? Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.